This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with charges against Paul, Paul's defense before Felix, Paul kept in custody, the Jews make their case to Festus, and Paul appeals to Caesar. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed us. It has all the makings of a Greek tragedy, but it's not a story about a Greek. A story about King Solomon, who begins so well from the very beginning. He begins well praying for wisdom, and then he builds this magnificent temple at God's command according to God's design. But within five chapters, he has married many wives, and he has turned away from the Lord and begun to worship the worst of idols. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to teach a Sunday school lesson, Solomon Building the Temple, Pastor Tom Baker, he's host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. What did God say to Solomon about building the temple? Yes, this is found in 1 Kings chapter 6. The word of the Lord comes to Solomon concerning this house that you are building. If you will walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David your father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and not forsake my people Israel. Now, until Solomon built the temple, the worship place was in a tent. But by building a structure of the temple in Jerusalem where it would remain, it showed that God had kept his promise to bring the people into the promised land of Canaan. And so this is one of the reasons why God wanted the temple built, not only to assure his promises, but also to give confidence to the people to worship him, to glorify him, to praise him, and to have regular worship services. How was the temple described? Well, it's pretty lengthy. I can kind of summarize. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 20 cubits high. And it was overlaid with pure gold. In fact, everything was of cedar. No stone was seen in the temple. And in the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim, those are angels, of olive wood. Each were 10 cubits high. And both cherubim had the same measure and the same form. All around the walls of the house, he carved engraved figures of cherubim and palm trees and open flowers 
in the inner and outer rooms. The floor of the house he overlaid with gold in the inner and outer rooms. And so we could go on and on, but the temple became a wonder of the world. Many people came to visit him because not only of the wisdom that God had given him, but particularly to hear him and see the temple. And that included the Queen of Sheba. And she came, and it's recorded in chapter 10 of First Kings. What were the functions of each of the parts of the temple? Well, you had one area where the people, the men, who were bar mitzvahed would gather to worship. There was another area for Gentiles, women, and children, but then there was the inner sanctuary, which only the high priest could go once a year on the Day of Atonement. And it is divided from the rest of the temple with a large curtain. And it was that curtain that tore when Jesus was on the cross. And it didn't mean that now we could all go into the temple, but that God came out of the temple and he is now within us. And that's very important to remember that God has made his temple our own bodies in baptism or coming to faith by hearing the word of God. What was the overall purpose of the temple? The overall purpose was to give thanksgiving to God and praise him, not only for bringing the people into the promised land as he had promised Abraham, but also that God promised that he would be in the temple. And therefore, this became a special place for his people. And we are told that the purpose of the temple was to bring the people together in one source, to worship God, to praise him. There were many rites or worship services done at the temple. Jesus is found to be there a number of times. Remember one time he comes in and overturns the money changers' tables because they were thinking of, well, let's make some money in this. And that was a wrong purpose for the temple at that time, especially since they were using that location where the Gentiles were to be worshiping. So it took seven years to build the temple. And much of what built the temple came from other kingdoms. Gold would come to Solomon and cedar would come. There wasn't that much silver because it wasn't considered that precious a metal in Solomon's day, although there was silver distributed throughout the temple. But the main 
element was gold. Everything was laid in gold, including the cherubims that were each 10 cubits high. So this is what God had decided for his house of worship. We are told that King Solomon loved many foreign women. What does that mean? Unfortunately, later in life, Solomon got a hankering for women. He had, believe it or not, 700 wives and 300 concubines. And this was a real problem by God because God indicates, and it's in the Bible, in chapter 11, verse 3, and his wives turned away his heart. It says in verse 4, when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Verse 6 tells us Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. In fact, he built places to worship certain gods like Shamosh and the abomination of Moab and also Molech, an abomination of the Ammonites. He built them on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifices to their gods. This made God angry with Solomon. So, why had God forbidden marriage with the other nations? He forbade marriage because they were not believers in the true God. And as we can see, they began to move Solomon in a direction that was contrary to believing in the true God. And he did that because he enjoyed being with so many women. And that was a shame. And therefore, that's one of the reasons that God wanted the people to be marrying those Israelites. Remember Abraham when he sent Isaac to get a wife? He sent him to his own people. And this was very important in those days. It's also something that can be shared with the Sunday school that when you decide to get married, you should be sure that your wife or your husband is going to be someone of the same faith that you are, namely Lutheran Church, and that they believe what you believe because it can cause numerous problems if you get married, do not know their spiritual beliefs, and all of a sudden you're facing a spouse who refuses to baptize your children 
because he doesn't believe in infant baptism. So it's very important that pastors, when they meet with people who are about to be married, that they don't counsel. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a paid counselor. I'm not trained in counseling. I'm an advisor giving advice what a marriage should be like. And therefore, I share with them to make sure that they're of the same faith. And if they are not, then I do, hopefully with them, what I was able to do with the spouses of my son and daughter. I took them through adult instruction. They became Lutheran, and we were able to marry them. So God knew that if you marry a wife that is not of your faith, Now, Paul talks about that and says, don't leave your husband if he's an unbeliever, but continue to share the good news with him. In that situation, there have been wives and husbands who are able to talk to their spouse they have already married and bring them into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. That's really important. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Solomon building the temple in 1 Kings chapter 6. When we come back, what was the result in Solomon's life of his idolatry? This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with charges against Paul, Paul's defense before Felix, Paul kept in custody, the Jews make their case to Festus, and Paul appeals to Caesar. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. A mobile Lutheran Bible study. You're listening to Issues Etc. Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Duluth, Minnesota, would like to invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 9.30. Whether you are visiting our beautiful city or live here, we have liturgical worship that shares Jesus with you. We're easy to find at 20th Avenue East and Superior Street, and also offer Bible classes at 825 Sunday mornings with Sunday School September through May. Check out our website for other Bible study times, visit, or call 218-724-2500. Hi, my name is Rahema Kavuga, Director of Synod Relations at Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We serve the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and your investment with LCEF makes a world of difference. Your dollars enable LCMS churches, schools, and workers to access low-cost loans for vital ministries. Join us today at lcef.org and let's empower faith, 
strengthen ministries, and build a stronger LCMS community together. In May of 1534, Martin Luther wrote to Prince Joachim of Anhalt, who was suffering from what we would call today depression. He says, I myself, who have spent a good part of my life in sorrow and gloom, must now seek and find pleasure wherever I can. Praise God, we now have sufficient understanding of the Word of God to be able to rejoice with a good conscience and to use God's gifts with thanksgiving, for he created them for this purpose and is pleased when we use them. That's from the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Today's Christians. You can find out more about this book at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and ask for Martin Luther on Mental Health, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Solomon building a temple and falling away from the faith. So, Tom, what was the result of this idolatry in Solomon's own life? Well, the result was after the Lord became angry with him and he had disobeyed the Lord, did not keep what the Lord commanded, that's verse 10 of chapter 11, God says, since this has been your practice and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. Now there he's talking about the tribe of Jacob versus the 10 tribes, the northern tribes of Israel, who were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. And yes, even the Israelites in Jerusalem were taken into captivity because of their disobedience by the Babylonians. But later, God allowed them to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and to continue the line toward Jesus Christ. Why did Solomon turn aside to other gods? He turned to other gods because he was infatuated with his women, and he wanted to please them. And the way that they wanted to be pleased was that there could be structures built for their gods, their idols, and we were to worship them. And that's how Solomon reacted when he was faced with that kind of pressure. How did God react? Well, as I indicated, God reacted by taking away the kingdom. After Solomon's death, there were two sons and they got divided. And you had the southern kingdom, and then you had the northern kingdom. And at times they were even at war with each other. But finally, 
God took both of them into a captivity to teach them a lesson. We don't know what happened to the northern kingdoms, but to the southern kingdom who had gone to Babylon, they were permitted to return to Jerusalem after some years, rebuilt the temple, and continue to worship God as he so instructed. How did Solomon's reign set a pattern for the kings that would come after him? It set a pattern because if you read the book of Proverbs, much of it, especially at the beginning, is Solomon talking to his sons, but his sons don't listen to him. And we can understand that because of Solomon's great disobedience with marrying more than one wife, God said only one wife, and then the wives with which he was dealing with, many, if not all of them, were unbelievers. And so this shows that Solomon's reign set a pattern for his kids to follow and led to a divided kingdom. And there were only a few good kings in Judah until they also fell to the Babylonians. And when they returned, they found the word of God, read it, and began to preach according to it. So the point of the Sunday school lesson is to share with the children how important is our worship center. And Enduring Faith, the CPH material, does a good job in encouraging the teacher to take the child through the church sanctuary if a worship service isn't going on during the Sunday school hour, or to show them pictures, photos of the parts of the church sanctuary, and to make sure they realize there is one item that Solomon did not have in his temple that is in every church, and that is the sign of the cross. And that's what makes the Holy Christian Church so important in our days that it is built on the foundation of the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. And so one should look forward to going to church to hear even more about what God has to say to us. What are the temptations to idolatry today? Well, the temptations, all you have to do is ask the kids, was there something you did wrong this week? Oh, yeah, I was fighting with my brother or sister, or I didn't tell my parents the truth about something that had happened, or at school, maybe I cheated on an exam to make sure I would pass. You just do a whole list from the Sunday school children. You can have them write it out on paper. They do not have to share it with the other children or the teacher. And then what you do at the end of the class, you tear those papers up to help them to understand that that sin has been forgiven as they recognized it as sin and as they repented of that sin. 
Finally, what is the long gospel of today's lesson? Yeah, the law is, you see, in our sin, every time we sin, we break the first commandment, which is an act of idolatry because we remove God from our life and decide to do what we want to do rather than what God wants to do. Every commandment breaks the first commandment. But then the gospel comes through and gives us the good news from Jesus Christ that he now dwells within us and all believers through word and sacrament, and he forgives us our sin. And so we become the temple of the Lord, and we look forward to the day when he will take us to the promised land, which isn't some land of Canaan here on earth, but heaven itself, where we will live eternally with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. We'll post a link to Law and Gospel on the Talk on Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Tom, thanks. Thank you. In Hour 2 of Issues Etc., we'll begin a new series on the Lord's Prayer with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. He's author of a new catechetical resource called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay tuned. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. The grace of God, the church's music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church, that is. 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org.